Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Set Hello dear listeners, welcome to another impromptu edition of Akdung Millwall. Joining me is a very welcome new guest, uh, it's Mr Jim Lucas. Welcome to the show Jim. Cheers Nick, pleasure to be here, thanks for having me, long time listener, um, certainly not contributor or anything like that, but uh, yeah, glad to be involved and, and hopefully we can have a good chat. Well I've hooked Jim into my world of uh, Akdung Millwall so that you will be hearing more from him I hope over the course of the season. Um, but Jim, we're speaking today, obviously, um, uh, in the continuing sound circumstances of uh, the loss of John Berylson 10 days ago. Now, I'm just looking at the, the, uh, the mm. date on the computer. That's 10 days. It seems um, still seems a bit surreal, mate. I don't know how uh, you found it this, this past period. It's very odd. We were just saying off air, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I must admit, I did the same thing as you in terms of how long has it been now. Um, and it has been a, a very long period I think it's felt a long time um there's there's obviously been a lot of probably emotion angst among the fan base everybody really kind of um on one hand I think processing grief and sadness as a fan base and and so on and so forth but also in the background probably not something you want to necessarily verbalize and talk about but probably concern and wonder I guess in terms of what happens to the club next and so on and so forth so yeah I mean look I'm I'm a Millwall fan. I've, I've felt it. I, I think everybody has, really. I, I went to the Den um, last Friday, so yeah, a week ago, and, and seeing, you know, what those who, who've been down the there tributes. have managed to yeah. do. Yeah, mate. I mean, amazing. And, you know, I think I said on Twitter, it's, it has always been what the club does best and the fan base does best, you know, around yeah. difficult times for an individual fan or the club, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The club has just got a brilliant way of, of dealing with some of the saddest and hardest situations really. So um yeah, getting to see that was was nice. Um and hopefully I think, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to it. The the new chairman today, the new statement I think helps us, I think, kind of now move into the next phase really of what I think everybody's been been thinking about and processing over the last week or so. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Jim and I are speaking um, as a follow-on listeners to the, the the official statements on the club website. I'm sure you will have seen it by the time we get this show out. But if you haven't, it's on the millwfc.co.uk official website. Announcing that um, that the new chairman, now that uh, you know, JB is no longer with us, will be his son, James Berylson, who has been on the board since 2010. Jim, um, which I, I, I must admit, I, I wasn't hadn't that passed me by slightly. So, 
he's been around a long time in the boardroom or involved in the club. But I thought it was a really, really strong statement, um, really well worded and, you know, really, um, uh, what's that word I was searching? It was leadership, I suppose, because it, it does does have a calming effect. I mean, like many fans, many listeners, yourself and, and myself, um, you know, you, you do wonder what the future holds. We've seen what instability at the end looks like in the past and the loss of such a such a figure as, uh, as, as JB is, it, it, you don't know where it's going to take you to, but this does have a certain uh, calming influence. So, I, I, how did you find it, Jim? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it. Re- reassuring, I think, was certainly the, the feeling I took from it. Um, yeah, look, it's, it, as I kind of alluded to at the start, it, it's 10 days, which is not a long time, I don't think, no, when it comes to, yeah. to, lo- to losing somebody, but equally. As I mentioned, those are 10 days where you do start to wonder uh, in terms of what's going to come next. So hopefully this statement, which, as you said, was was calming, I think, was very clear and strong in its message. Um, that, you know, James, John's son, is, is clearly going to take on the club and, and run it, hopefully, um, in his father's image, um, running it in the direction that his father wanted to run it. And, you know, as you said, if he's, if he's been on the board since 2010, he's, he's had a good first-hand view of, of what that's been like um so yeah i, I mean <clears throat> i don't think we could have asked any more from it um, no i'd agree it, with it, it. Yeah. it gives us it gives us all of the all of the answers to the questions i think we, we might be asking um and yeah as, as you say i mean i i remember i was i was obviously working for the local paper around that time i remember him coming onto the board and it was a pretty low-key announcement i think at the mm. time um in fact i think there were a couple of additions to the board another uh, one of uh, who I assume is one of John's friends uh, came onto the board around the same time, and I think he's still on the board. I don't know how active or involved they might yeah. be, but obviously then, yeah. then James Jimmy um, came on around the same time. And I think there's been another American investor I think came on last year at some point. So you can see that John's probably been gradually kind of bringing the people he knows and people that know him onto that board. So that that can only bode well, I think, in terms of. You know, if we were in a situation where he was literally on his own as the only involved person in that family or the only involved person from even America in the board, then it might have been a bit more of a scary situation, I think, for all of us. But, yeah, as you said, the, the words and the fact that it is him taking over the chairmanship, I think, um, can only be something that, that hopefully allays any any fears that, that fans might have had. Absolutely. I mean, as I've said, listeners, it's a really well-worded statement. I'm going to take my hat off to whoever drafted that because mm. um, it's you know it, it hits the right note. Absolutely, and it also has a, a quality of obviously um, expressing the family's um, feelings for Millwall Football Club. Um, there's one I've only picked out a couple of quotes for you, but it describes the, in fact it's the end quote that closes. It describes the. James Barrison coming in as chair now as the start of a new era, which I think, um, you know, is exactly what we all would have wanted to have seen there, Jim. Um, he, he says he wants to strive to fulfil his dad's legacy. Um, and that legacy was, of course, to try to build and develop the club into um, a body that can aim for the highest level. Um, you know, that was still a work in progress. We've got the training ground that's being constructed out in... Um, uh, Kent out in Brands Hatch, which I, but I think that that idea of um, building for the future, which was very much John Berylson's, um purpose, I'm really glad to see. Seems to be something that James has, wants to fulfil. 
a tribute to his dad, I guess that would be one way to to put it. But he also expresses the family's love of Millwall. I mean, it's a it's a strange romance, but I'm really glad we've got it. We've all fallen for it somewhere. Then, like, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, it, it is great to see that he that John, I guess, has been able to pass that through to his family because it's I'm sure a hard sell, right? You know, for for an American investor who potentially maybe. Uh, took this interest on his own um, to yeah. pass that love and affinity through to his family who may not have that natural hook. Um, no. That's a great testament to him that he's been able to pass that through to his son, through to his wife who came to games with him and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely that. And I think um, the point you make around the training ground is a good one because that is quite clearly going to be, um, yeah, you know, the Berylson legacy, the Berylson contribution, I think, to to the next stage of this club really and if you do a bit of digging around in terms of that family and what they've what they've done on the other side of the Atlantic that's been a bit of their um trademark if you like I think there's a couple of university yeah. sports facilities that you know have, have been contributed to financially by the family um, and have then taken on the name of the family and so on and so forth so you know I think I think all of us are probably in the same place regarding that training ground and what it might be called when it when it does come to fruition but yeah, that's um, that's a great legacy, but also a great um, indicator, I think, of, of the way they may see their investment in this club going forward. There's a fascinating obituary, Jim and I were just speaking about it before we started recording, listeners. It's on the um, uh, the Boston Globe newspaper, American newspaper, um, but they've got an obituary of, of John Berylson. It's It gives a really fascinating image of the man. We only really... Football is a cartoon world, in my mm. opinion. You only get one-dimensional images of people i mean in a totally different direction i watched the the delhi alley interview yesterday which now you know it gives you a, a sense of depth of the person this obituary in the in a, in, a, in a different direction gave me a sense of depth of, of john barrels and as you say he, he and his family are clearly very wealthy individuals but they believe i believe in in what you was once called philanthropy giving away money to to assist others, and I, I, I'm so glad <laughs> they, they, their eyes fallen upon our, our little club in in Bermondsey because um, yeah. the alternatives, as we see around the football scene, Jim, you know, you've got the likes of Southend struggling at the moment. Barry have struggled and gone out of existence, but I, you know, but for John Berylson and the, and his involvement. Um, it would be a very hard to have seen a future for Millwall Football Club. I mean, you never know what else might happen, but he brought such stability. It's so mm. so reassuring. The statement is so reassuring to see that stability continue in the same way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's interesting when you talk about the, the philanthropy side of things. Were, were we a philanthropic cause from the start? Were we an investment? Um I'm sure we're definitely closer to, to philanthropy as, as the as the it's investments had so, to continue but... and, and the the, un, the underwriting beyond probably all sense uh, I'm sure has kind of um, has had to kick in. But yeah, I mean, thankfully that that is the way they are by the looks of things. They're able to be philanthropic, um, and that quite clearly is is the way they they're going to carry on doing things. So um, yeah, we're, we're incredibly lucky, as you say. It's best not thinking about the alternative. I don't think. No, um, no, no. I agree. But, but um, yeah, fantastic to kind of have that assurance. I guess that they'll continue to do things in the way they have. Interesting. Also, just reading James Berylson's statement here, listeners. He's, he speaks of him witnessing some incredible moments of joy, drama, and success at the Den. 
Um, you know, we, we joke a lot, Jim, about um, what, is, what is it that um, attracts people to the dead. I think it attracts a certain type mm. of personality. I, I think you have to have some measure of um, uh, underdog spirit or whatever, whatever the other words you want to choose. But it's, I, I think we, into our eternal credit, we do, we, we do, um, we, we do inspire a certain dramatic kind of, um, Mo- we've inspired dramatic moments of the day and they can be very addictive and I think it's it's interesting to read this statement because Jim is uh, James I don't know him so I'm not going to call him Jim <laughs> it, it's, I think I he is a Jim I think he is a Jim to be fair I'm sure I've heard I him I'm introduce him as Jim he's James because yeah. it's, it's, it's inappropriate to be familiar <laughs> mm. um, yeah. but you know it's um, it, it's interesting that he seems to have caught the, the Millwall bug as the expression goes It's it can be a very addictive thing once you catch it um, so long, may that continue. Yeah, I mean, looking forward, obviously, there's, there's the, the training ground is, is clearly the route that um, that that's, you know the, the, the club will look to try and develop because that offers a way of, of survival, really, Jim. Um, I mean, we've seen the success that the under twenty ones had back in May, winning the their portion of the uh, the, the uh, Premier League um, competition, um, and we've seen too many players in the past that have escaped our. Um, you know, it escaped our clutches. I mean, I'm thinking of uh, Etze, who plays for England now, doesn't he? They've got, you know, wasn't all plans, got away from us and, and others. Um, making the most of who we are, I think, is is the route, the correct route, and it's it's John Berylson's, um chosen route, and I think that 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 comes together quite nicely, mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think having having a, as you say, a, a personality and, and a reason for coming to the club because of what we stand for is is great. Um, but also having excellent facilities is also great. And the two are not mutually exclusive. I think anybody who's been to the to the current training ground will know that it probably doesn't stack up against some of the other ones in the in the top half of the no. English Football League, let alone in the in the Premier League. So um having an excellent facility, which you know, from looking at the plans and so on, it, it seems to be, as well yeah. as staying true to our ethos and what we are and, and who works for us as a sign-in and who doesn't I think you know it's, it gives us the best of both worlds really I mean I, I saw funnily enough I saw a couple of interviews this week with players who joined championship clubs I saw um Jerry Yates I think it was who's who's joined Swansea the striker from uh from Blackpool yeah. walking into walking into Swansea's training ground talking about how amazing it was to come into this new facility and it's a proper training ground and blah 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 the, the, a couple of days before that I'd seen a player who'd gone from Swansea to Southampton walking in saying exactly the same thing about moving from Swansea to Southampton. So it kind of shows where we are probably in the pecking order of championship football club facilities. And the fact it does have a bearing on a new signing deciding to come to your club or not. So, um, yeah, I don't know how far off it is that training ground, whether it's you know two years, three years, I think potentially, but um, that will without doubt help us attract players to the club. So, um, again, you know that that's in their legacy. I think that if they can in, sort of take us onto that level through that facility, then you know that's brilliant. It's a long-term investment in the future. Mm. Uh, trademark of John Berylson. Um It's also been interesting. I'm just reading on the London News Online it's an interview with with Steve Cavanagh, who went over to the funeral in Boston, and obviously to meet James Berylson and the family. Um, it's a, it's an interesting interview, and one thing I wanted to say. Um, while I'm speaking to you, Jim, is it, I, I think the club and the, by that I mean the the staff, um, Steve Cavanagh, Billy Taylor, uh, and others, everyone at the club, have done really well this week because it's 
talk about a difficult situation to be plunged into in what must be, you know, you'd normally think of as July, early July has been a pretty easy time in the football world. Nothing much going on. You're, you're planning your holidays, all this kind of thing. But to suddenly be plunged into a situation that I've, I've never um, had anything like it in a, you know, in my Millwall time, 50 plus years, it's, they've done it really well. And they've handled what is both a professional, but also, you know, the, the, the friendship. Yeah. I mean, the personal tragedy from their point of view. To have handled it this well, I think, is a real tribute to the club. It, it gets a lot of stick and it's easy mm. sometimes to knock Millwall. But I think we take it for granted a little bit how good they can be when these moments arise. Yeah, I mean, as I kind of said at the start, this is this is the club in a nutshell for me. Um, I think that we, we can all, and I'm sure we all do, take short-term frustrations at things the club does and could do and should be better and so on and so forth. But when you see, um, as you said, kind of amid a very personally challenging time for some of those people working the leadership of the club, for the way that, for example, um, you know, I, I don't know how it all played out, but obviously we, we got the news of whatever it was, half nine, ten o'clock. But the fact yeah. that they then had uh, a book of condolence up the next morning um, that, that they'd managed to get Albins, I think, to come in and set up the tribute internally inside the stadium and so on and so forth. You know, for, for any of us who in our working lives have had to juggle a personal trauma with the need to carry on working, um, I think we can all kind of appreciate that that cannot have been easy for the people who run this club. Um, 100%. And it, it is, it's a small tighten it football club you, you compare it to the leadership and the size of the board and the senior management at a you know even another championship club you know th this is a relatively small staff that therefore gets a hell of a lot more exposure to the owner to the chairman um to one another in terms of the time they'll spend with each other so um i i i've always said that this club is fantastic at doing and dealing with some of the hardest subjects you know immediately your mind goes back to the way they dealt with the sad death of Paul Jiggins, for example, a year, 18 yeah, months ago. Yeah. And they did a br yeah. brilliant job there. The way that, um, you know, y young fans have sadly died and the way they always rally around and, you know, they put, they put the little girl up on the on the screen in one of the games mm. last season and so on. And, you know, even, even Isla, the young West Ham fan, the club has, um, and the people who run the club have a fantastic, for me, um, I guess it's a moral compass, I, th I think, uh, an understanding of, the modern society and, and how to wrap around people and how a club can wrap around people in this instance the club is having to wrap around itself um and i just you know as you said I, i've got enormous respect for the way they've been able to do what they've done over the last week and as you kind of pointed out at the start probably carry on around a very stressful time for the club yeah. you know pre-season friendlies the team was out in spain they're probably trying to sign players i'm sure they are um to be dealing with running the club um, as well as dealing with the situation they've dealt with. I think it's just this massive credit to them. And, you know, I, I hope that that credit um, takes us through the season. You know, it may turn out to be a tough season. I'm sure that we'll always face ups and downs, you know, a club of our size, a, a team of our, of our depth, I guess. Um, I think the club hopefully has earned a lot of goodwill, I think, from the fans over this week and also potentially in the opposite direction. I think that the club, I'm sure, will have liked the way the fans have responded and the tributes at the stadium, et cetera, et cetera. So I hope um, in the saddest of circumstances, the last week probably gives us all a bit of unity, togetherness between club and fan base, really, that, you know, if, if the stars align, might, might well serve us pretty well this year. But if they don't, hopefully, you know, keeps us going through, through some tricky times. 
Yeah, I mean, there, there was a, um, a story on the, I think it was on the uh, the main website with the players coming over from their training week in, in Spain, being taken to the den to see the tributes. Um, I think it's the club have done really well because not only are, as we've said, um, they're dealing with their own personal feelings, but they're also being a channel by which the grief of many thousands of people can be expressed. That's That's no easy task. Anyone that's ever done anything like it um, in their personal lives will know how difficult funerals can be. So um, to have done that so well, I think it's hats off. I also want to uh, mention the players who have said some, you know, posted some nice messages and quotes. Uh, they're going to give everything, which you, you would expect, you know, mm. never expect less than 100%. But in these circumstances, I think it has redoubled, redoubled power. I think, I think also just one thing I'd probably add to that is what, what would be interesting is, whether the way the fans have responded, and I think it does come through in the statement today, the way the fans have responded has hopefully confirmed, if they were in any doubt, you know, the, the strength of feeling that this fan base had for John and therefore, you know, just at least mm. showing that family um, what he meant and what he'd done to this fan base, really. I, I, I hope in some way that that's been noticed, and I'm sure they've had a lot on their plate, to be honest. And I hope that in some way that then has led to the the strength of statement you've seen today from from James, the new chairman. So um, it, it felt like um, there was a point and a reason, certainly for going to the den and paying tribute, etc. It was to try and hopefully show John's family just how much of, uh, of good feeling there was here for him. And I, I think hopefully he had that feeling. We've all seen the, you know, the yeah. the uh, the round the pitch. Um, what do you call it? Uh, Wanda. Uh, yeah, the kind of um, the yeah, yeah, the end of the game. Yeah. I'm sure he was in, in no doubt as to the strength of feeling from the fan base towards him. But, you know, you never know just whether that's passed through to the family. But I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, as you say, after the last 10 days and the lengths that fans have gone to to, to show their, their feeling towards John, I, I hope that's made its way through to the family. I'm sure it has. I mean, I'm just looking at the report, uh, the story that Steve Kavanagh went over to the funeral. He said he'd met with uh, James Barrows and he's been to his apartment. And um, I think probably um, when he's been on the board, he's got big shoes to fill here, listeners. And it's no easy task, Jim, is it, to be a chairman of a championship-level football club? You know, it's um, reading John's obituary. You know, he's, he's clearly a businessman of some talent. He's been involved in a lot of different types of business out there. But it's a very different thing being... A football club brings you a kind of a public role that, that being, um, I read, think I read he was um, on the board of Vision Express. Well, that's a big company, probably way bigger than Millwall. <laughs> you you don't have doesn't... people coming down to the front door waving their glasses at you when they're unhappy, though, I'm, I'm afraid. So well, it doesn't, it doesn't give you the public profile. I mean, I know that's why um, many, many nowadays we see many, many uh, wealthy people from many different backgrounds who try and skirt around some of it with diplomatically want the profile of owning a major football club so there is there is certainly um you know a value to be gained in that way but for the most part it's a it's a relatively small business compared with some of the others that he's been involved in and yet the profile of it is massive massive numbers of times larger than say being on vision express or some mm. financial fund of some sort it doesn't really compare um so i think that's going to be james berylson's big learning curve um the fact that you know you're, he's clearly a businessman in his own right but he's he's stepping into some big shoes and in, and with a club that has a profile it, it, it's a very different ball game isn't it it, it is and, and look well, what we don't know and you know the, the statement 
is very very clear and strong and and shows great leadership we don't know how he's going to want to do this we, we don't no. know how involved we no. don't know how involved he's going to want to be i think anybody who's expecting um a direct replica of his father is 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 going to be wrong i'm sure Agreed. he's going to have a different Agreed. a different way of yeah. wanting to do things to, to be honest this this is not an unfamiliar situation for football clubs we've seen this a couple of times haven't we we've seen um you know, Leicester's owner sadly died and his son yeah. took over. And I'm sure there were differences between the way that his son ran ran the club or, or owned the club compared to his father. So Southampton went through a similar thing when their owner died in, in sort of 2009, 2010. And then his daughter took on the club and, and did things differently, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't, you know, and this is 100% too early to be speculating around things like this, but I wouldn't just assume that the club is run in exactly the same way that it was run, you know, two weeks ago, etc. I think I'm sure, I'm sure that there will be changes. Um, but you know, in terms of a first uh, message, you, you can't get any more um, encouraging than than the one we've seen today. I think. No, this is this has been very sure-footed. So it's a great start. You're, you're right. I mean, I think anyone expecting. Um, you know, Mark Two of of, of uh, John Berrison, I think, is probably going to be mistaken. Um, and and James will bring his own ideas. He's a younger man. He's come from a different, um, you know, worked in a different working world, perhaps, to his dad. So mm. let's let's see. Um, what I do take great comfort from listeners is the one of another sentence I picked out of the official statement. That he's, uh, James says he's fiercely determined and passionate about continuing. Uh, John Berrelson's work and building on his foundation, which is really all I think, Jim, we can all have asked for. So um, that's that's wonderful. It's been a bit of a, de- a debate. Before I let you go, mate, I just wanted to get mm. your take. Um, a lot of talk about naming things after John and um, statues and, and, and things yeah. of that kind. Um, renaming roads, which isn't easy, believe me, listeners. Um mm. I mean, do you have any, do you have any thoughts? I, I suppose the obvious one is the away end, but that doesn't seem quite. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't like, I don't like it. that. No, I'm not, no. I'm not a fan of that one. Um, I think that that stand doesn't have a name for a reason, to be honest. Um, and it's where the away fans go. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. You know, we, yeah, who cares about that stand? Frankly, um, I'll take all that back. By the way, if they end up doing it, um, yeah, you know, where, where, where do I stand on it? Um. I'm not completely against the stadium one, which I know has kind of it got a lot of emotional support in the first couple of days, and then I think renaming the day, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I, pro- I probably am, you know, I, I do understand that. I think that would have presented difficulties, to be honest, in terms of if one day they wanted to sell some sponsorship naming rights of the stadium, which possibly yeah. has been on the table before. Maybe you know, that's I'm, going to be James's idea. I mean, yeah, you know. maybe, maybe. And I, I'm, I'm sure they've explored it and <clears throat> whether it was for the want of trying it, it's never happened, but I'm sure yeah. the idea of, of the Husky Den or whatever it might be has, has never been too far. So, you know, re- renaming the stadium after John might have made that a little bit more difficult. So I, I think that one probably is a non-starter. Um, the, the training ground made sense, you know, yeah. before John passed, if I'm honest with you, I, I would have expected the training ground to hopefully have been at least in some form named in tribute to, to John and to the to the family. Um, I think that is an absolute surefire um, bet at this stage that the training ground, the new training ground will, will be yeah, named yeah. after yeah. Him, him and the family. And then when it comes to the stadium, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, I think a statue would be great. 
Um, I think it's a little bit of what the stadium actually does lack, a little bit of that. Um, Personality, you know, you, you go, in the sense. Yeah, just yeah. A, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. And look, we, you know, we, we know that the, the footprint of the stadium is under threat and therefore maybe mm. building a statue might not be the, the right thing. But I like that. Um, I, I'm not a fan of, of taking the name off of the free stands that are there. Um, yeah. I, I, I understand, and I think I've, I've seen you mention it online, that, that maybe renaming the Dockers might make some sense, um, mm. but it's been named that for a reason, and I, I don't like the idea of backtracking on, on naming a stand that's already been, been dedicated to someone, really. But I think there's options. Um, the training ground makes a lot of sense because that genuinely is and will be 100% his and the Berylson family's legacy. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. you know a statue wouldn't go amiss, that's for sure. No. Well, let's, let's wait and see on that. Incidentally, just on a, on a tangent, um, I just want to say, well done, thank you, finally, to the club. Um, we've got yeah. the issue of the um, the plaques, which was were held up. Anyone that's followed this little drama online uh, know that they were with the company that were fitting personal family plaques um, went out of business. They were, they were difficult to track down. Anyway, the club has handled it now, and I understand they've been fitted. So big thank you, Mill Football Club, because that wasn't an easy situation either. Um, and, you know, in the aftermath of everything else that's been going on, it's another um, thing that's been done well in the end. It got there. So um, we'll be doing something about our Bob Hunter plaque another day, but not uh, not right now. Um, Jim, big thank you for coming on Akhtang Mill. It's been great talking to you, mate. My pleasure. No, I've enjoyed it. I think um, it's, it's, yeah, it's been a very difficult time for the club, and I think it's, it's good for everybody to... Yeah, to, to have the chance, I think, to reflect on, on what it's been like. It's been pretty unique for everybody, so I've, I've enjoyed having having a bit of a chance to do that, really. And then, yeah, looking looking ahead now, hopefully, I think, you know, there's... New season, Gillingham tomorrow, mate. Yeah, there's a friendly... I'm, I'm going to give that one a swerve. I don't think I, I want to go back there anytime soon. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, I'm looking for... I think, it's to be honest, Nick, it's, it's all tied into the conversation, right, is that I think there's a bit of a line in the sand, hopefully, been drawn with the, with the statement today, I think. Um, friendlies to come, hopefully a new kit. You know, potentially a signing or two. I think it's a good, the football can begin now, Jim. Can't yeah, it? yeah, I think it, feel, it, it makes sense. And I, to be honest, I saw in in Steve Kavanagh's piece that um, one of the considerations has obviously been that that John's wife Amy is Jewish, and there is a process to work through when it comes yeah, to yeah. the the kind of grieving process. A week, um, a week's mourning takes place. Yeah, apparently. exactly that. So you can understand why maybe it's just been a little low key this week, um, but it feels like. Yeah, you know, friendly tomorrow, new statement, new chairman today. Um, hopefully, as I said, a sign-in or two and a new kit. It feels like we can all uh, look forward, but in the right way, I think, at this stage. So, yeah, mate, I've, I've really enjoyed kind of being able to, to chat through some of that with you today. Well, I'm breaking the habit of a lifetime. Listeners know I don't do friendlies, but I'm actually going to bought the stream. Uh, I've bought a £5 stream to watch it tomorrow, so I'll try and get a show to you on Sunday, dear listeners. Um, analysing what we see that takes place at the Priestfield Stadium. So um, till then, I want to say a big thank you to Jim. Incidentally, listeners, if you want to come on the show, then do what Jim did to get on the show, which is see me coming out of Reading and drive past me. <laughs> Not say hello. That's the method. That's the method. I was going to tell everybody walk. that you are, I was going to say that you asked me, Nick. You've just kind of ru- ruined the illusion of my of my desperation to get my voice heard. Um, yeah, de- de- definitely uh, get in touch if you want to get involved, I'm sure. Nice one. Big thank you, Jim Lucas. Thank you, you two listeners, for listening to this uh, edition, impromptu edition of Acton Millwall. Till Sunday, probably, when we talk about Gillingham. Until then, it's a Riva Dirty Millwall. Bye for now. Acton. No wall.